Hi there, it's uh, Andrew Sampson with uh, Ross Video, and I just wanted to do a quick demonstration of the new clip splicing feature um, in the encoder. Um, so this workflow would most commonly be used in larger um, tesser installations where we're working with clips that are beyond HD and oftentimes beyond uh, UHD resolutions and need to be divided into multiple segments in order to be spread across multiple render engines. So if it's a large tesser install, with multiple render engines, and we want to essentially share the load of video playback across all of those engines to create one unified composition that you'd see on the display, um, we chop these clips into chunks. That way each engine only is responsible for decoding the clips that it's rendering or the region um, of the final image that it's rendering. Um, so to accomplish this, um, we've added some new configuration options in the encoder. So if you go to the configuration tab of the encoder, this is where we'd set up all of our watch folders for processing and for filing clips into the encoder. Um, so moving through the tabs, um, the tab we're going to focus on for this uh, new feature is the processors tab. Um, and you can create as many of these virtual processors as you want. Basically each one of these represents um, a different behavior uh, when encoding a clip potentially different metadata that's being tagged to the clips. In this case, it's going to be um, different regions applied to a larger clip. So there's two workflows that this supports. One is taking a large clip and cutting it into smaller pieces, subdividing it. The other workflow that is supported here is subregions. And subregions allow you to basically create one clip, um, but within that clip, take an original piece of content and redistribute it within that clip. So for example, a very long um, ribbon animation, uh, a clip for example that might be 20,000 pixels wide by 64 pixels tall or 80 pixels tall or whatever the resolution may be, that clip can then be arranged into stripes on a more conventional 1920 by 1080 clip for example, um, rather than using a clip that's 20,000 pixels wide. Effectively arranging it into stripes um, so allowing you to essentially pre-stripe content per uh, an LED vendor's specification um, or, or to accommodate your, your expression project that you might be building. So there's two workflows supported here. I'm going to show you both. Um, so we're going to start off by creating uh, a new processor. So we're in the processors tab. We're going to make uh, a new processor. I'm going to call this uh, subdivide. Um, you'll see a few options here for subdivide. Um, Re-encode files that are already in expression codec. That means that essentially if we were to drop a clip that's already in our XPV, XPVC codec, it'll just get re-encoded again. If we don't turn that on, anything that's already in our codec is ignored. Um, fail unless clip dimensions are exactly and then a user configurable dimension. So this is a, a nice feature, especially if we're trying to encourage, you know, some type of rule in place in the workflow. For example, like certain watch folders are going to be dedicated to specific resolution content. So we can set up essentially a rule that any clip that's dropped, dropped in or used with this processor will fail if it's not exactly these dimensions. Um, so in my case, I've built a clip um, that's 7680 by 2160. So well, well beyond UHD resolution. Um, so we're going to set that up as our, 
as our constraint. So we're going to say uh, fail unless clip dimensions are exactly 7680 by 2160. So that's sort of the first test the clip will pass to determine whether or not it's going to get encoded and subdivided into the chunks that we're about to define here in the region mapping uh, area. So we're going to go ahead and start adding some regions. So at the bottom here, we're going to add a region. Here's the first region. So let's call this section one. Um, and you'll see some coordinates here that you can plug in. Um, the first being your source x and y, your width, your height, your destination x and y. The destination x and y only uh, apply when we're doing subregions, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but we're going to start with our source region. So this is measured from the upper left corner of the clip that you're dropping in. So in this case, the zero point is the upper left corner. So my 7680 by 216. So it's the first section, logically, would start at zero, zero. And then dependent on my workflow or what, you know, how, what type of expression template I'm trying to accommodate or what kind of display mapping I'm trying to accommodate would determine the width and height of each section. Now I'm going to do this with, with symmetrical sections that are each going to be 1920 by 1080, but it doesn't have to be that way. Each section can have its own unique dimension. Obviously, you know, it should work out to 7680 by 2160 total if you were to add all these up at the end, um, but they do not need to be symmetrical, and that's why each section could be configured independently. Um, so we're going to start off with a width of 1920 uh, by 1080. Uh, we're going to include audio. So this option allows you to determine which section. So let's say we're dividing this clip into eight sections. Um, presumably, we only need to track audio off of one of these output channels or off of one of these clips. So we can determine which one we want to track the audio off of. So in this case, we may as well use section one. So we'll include audio in section one. And then you'll have uh, some options here for uh, output name and recall ID. Right? So you'll see the first, the first part of this uh, field is the macro that basically uses the file name. So this, this first section is indicative of the original file name. And then you get to add your own suffix in this case. So R1 is kind of the default. Uh, representative of region one. Uh, I'm going to change that to just be underscore one. It can be whatever you want. Um, it doesn't even have to be an underscore. It could be a dash or, or whatever. But in this case, we'll use a, uh, an underscore. So underscore one. Same thing for the recall ID. So if you're using recall IDs for your clips, um, and I'm going to configure my watch folder to use the file name as the recall ID. So effectively, the output name and the recall ID should be exact matches in the clip store, based on how I'm setting this up. Um, you can apply, uh, you can append to the recall ID as well. So in this case, underscore one for section one. And then we're going to go ahead and create uh, the next section. So we're going to add another region. So this would be section two. width will be 1920 by 1080 and it will be section 2 um, and the other thing we're going to change here is now that we're doing section 2 we're going to change our source x and y 
So we already have one section starting uh, from zero, zero. So if we're thinking about the sections of our clip, my next clip needs to shift over you know, one 1920 by 1080 instance, essentially. And section, depending on how you want to divide this, you, you may logically want to do this vertically or horizontally. I'm going to do it horizontally, so section two would be to the right of section one, but um, from a, a logical standpoint, you could also alternatively go vertically and section two could be underneath section one. And that would determine what you'd plug in for your source X and Y coordinates. So I'm going to plug in 1920 as my source X. So my first section starts at 00, 1920 by 1080. My next one starts at 1920 on, uh, on the X axis. And then it's another 1920 by 1080 section. Okay, so fast forward, and we've created um, all of our sections. So sections one through eight. I'll just run you through a few of these different. You'll see it. At a certain point, we sort of shift the way we're dividing up the clip. So you'll see after we do the first four sections, which is effectively the top first top row of four sections. Um, so the source Y position remains at zero. We then shift down uh, 1080 pixels, so to the next row of 1920 by 1080 clips. So you'll notice that the source Y position for the next four is consistent at 1080, and then shifting on the X axis by increments of 1920. So 0, 1920, 40, So those will be all of the sections required to make up um, this resolution. So we've added all of those to our processor. Um, optionally, you could choose whether or not you want to create another project. Um, this will just become another searchable uh, option within your um, uh, within your clip store for finding these assets uh, in this case I'm just going to go straight to sources I'm going to create a new watch folder um, you could also associate this processor with an existing watch folder uh, but I'm going to make a new one so I'm going to add a new watch folder it's going to be called uh, subdivide as well and we're going to point it to a folder called subdivide folder subdivide in our watch folders so we're going to use a, the processor we just made called subdivide uh, we're going to associate it with a project that I've made called foldboard splice um, we're going to turn on this option when recall ID is empty uh, use file name as recall ID we're not using any of the you know uh, leading or trailing number features to generate recall IDs in this case. We're just going to use the file name as the recall ID. So I'm going to turn that on. And on completion delete, uh, again, it's optional. Basically, the, the raw source material is going to get deleted on completion of this rendering. Uh, so we're all set here. So we're going to click OK. So we've created our watch folder. Um, here is the clip I'm going to be subdividing. So I've made a clip. It's, it's titled 7680 by 2160, and it is pretty basic looking clip, but you can see just by the size of this thing, it is a true 7680 by 2160. And it's just got some simple movement in it. Right, so when we're finished uh, running this through the encoder, we should wind up with eight equal sections that will make up this clip. So we're gonna go ahead and copy that 
and we're going to go to our clips watch folder. We're going to go to our subdivide watch folder that we just created and we're going to paste our clip in there. And once that's finished copying, we should see a task appear here on the encoder and it's going to start encoding all of the sections uh, of that clip. And there it goes. Now it's actually generating all eight sections at once. So you won't see eight separate transcodes happen at once, but what you will see are eight separate filings occur after the transcode is finished. Alright, so you saw probably very quickly it filed those uh, eight sections. Now if we go into Expression Studio and we're looking at our clip browser, Go to our full board splice project. Here are all of the sections that were created. And you'll see one, two, three, four. We'll actually uh, filter this by when they were added. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight sections. And um, something along uh, a, a separate feature. Um, not really related to the splicing feature added to the encoder, uh, but we now have the ability to add or click and drag multiple clips to publish fields uh, in Expression Studio. So you'll notice that the template I've created, I'll take this offline for the time being, but if we go to layout, the template I've created has eight quads in it. So each one designed to effectively accept one of these clips that we're gonna drop onto it. So these are four published quads if we look at that in the sequencer, you'll see section one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right, so we can now actually multi-select clips here in the clip browser. So I've got sections one through eight selected, and then if I click and drag all eight and go to my first published field, it actually pops in all eight clips. So I don't have to drag and drop them one by one. So I can actually fill all of my published objects with a single uh, drag and drop action. And here's our template playing back our eight sections to create one unified composition. So the next portion of the workflow we're going to talk about is making subregions, uh, taking a clip of one dimension and re-rendering it into another clip of different dimensions, um, or a clip potentially with multiple regions within it um, of different dimensions. So. The clip we're going to use this time around is a clip that's 23,600 pixels wide by 64. And if we look at that, um, so something akin to what you'd see on like a long LED ribbon display in a sports venue or a digital signage application, something like that. So in our encoder, we're going to set up uh, a new processor. So we're going to go to configuration, we're going to go to processor, um, we're going to add a new processor, and we'll call this ribbon. Uh, we'll turn on our fail unless clip dimensions are exactly 23,600. Again, that's optional. And the height is 64. And then we're going to go into our region mapping. So we're going to do something fundamentally different here. Um, we're only going to create one region because 
uh, after this gets encoded, we're only creating one file. So think of this region. Think of each region you create as a file that's actually generated, a video file that's generated. Subregions are subregions within a single video file, which is what we're going to do in this case to create the striping. So region one, we'll call stripes, and its width um, is going to be the sum, essentially, of all of these stripes that we're going to create. Now we could also make we could make a clip that's simply 1920 by 1080 tall. We could also, again, since expression isn't necessarily uh, resolution dependent for your video clips, we can we can use clips of just about any resolution. Uh, we could also just make the clip the height of sort of our area of interest. So, um, luckily for me, I've already done the math on this because I've already created this region. Um, but the total height is going to be 832 pixels tall. And basically the way I came to that total is I know I need to create 60 uh, I need to create 13 stripes at 64 pixels tall so 64 times 13 days 832 so we're gonna go and create a region that's going to be 1920 wide by 832 high and it will include audio and we're going to do something similar to what we did on the um, larger clip. Uh, and we can adjust our output name and our recall ID. Now, because we're not actually doing multiple regions, we're not gen generating multiple files, we really don't have to include a prefix or a suffix in this case. So I'm going to erase this. And we're simply going to use the file name and then the file name as the recall ID. No need for additional suffix or prefix because we're not making multiple regions. Um, but we are going to make multiple subregions. So to do that, we're going to add a subregion. Um, and in this case, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to have to use both the source X and Y and the destination X and Y. All right. Each subregion we create, or for the majority, the majority of the subregions I'm going to create are going to be the same size. They're going to be 1920 by 64. Right, so each one is going to be effectively one 1920 stripe. Um, but obviously we have to shift down the 23,600 horizontal resolution of the original source footage and sample a new section each time. So the first one's going to start at an X position of zero. Um, and we're just going to carry that forward. The destination X and Y is where do we want this subregion to get rendered onto our, effectively our 1920 by 832 canvas. So I want the first stripe to be rendered uh, at the zero, 00 point, starting at the top left. We're going to create a, a second subregion. So I'm going to right click, add subregion, to be a new subregion. It's going to start at 1920 pixels on the x-axis. So we're shifting down one instance, shifting to the right one instance. Its width and height will be 1920 by 64, exactly the same as the previous subregion. Its destination x and y are going to be uh, different though. Well, the Y specifically, the destination will actually be the same, starting at zero, but the destination Y will be 64, because we're shifting down one 64 pixel uh, instance from the stripe that we just previously created. So we rinse and repeat this process and just keep creating additional subregions. So I already have one of these finished. You'll see 23, 
23,600 ribbon stripe where I've created all of the subregions, and you'll see their destination Y's, uh, destination Y incrementing by 64 pixels each time, and their source X incrementing by 1920 pixels each time. So that is my processor, 23,600. Um, so okay. And then just like we did previously with our larger 7680 by 2160 clip, I've created uh, a watch folder. In this case, the watch folder is called uh, 23,600 stripe. So I'm going to take my source footage, which is right here. We're going to copy it. We're going to go to our watch folder. We're going to drop it into a different watch folder. So instead of using subdivide, we're going to drop it into the watch folder called 23,600 stripe paste. And we should see another task show up here and begin transcoding. This file is altogether smaller. It's lower resolution, um, so a, a smaller file size. So you'll notice the transcode is much quicker. Um, so that will complete. It's going to get filed into the clip store. And now if we go and look at our clip browser and we go and look at 23,600 Stripe, here is the clip that we've generated. So what started off as one 23,000 uh, pixel wide clip is now one clip that is 832 pixels tall with multiple pre-striped regions in it.